1: Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season.
3: So, having lived as a young man in central Illinois when I was going to school and then for several years after, uh, I would, I would listen to St. Louis Cardinals broadcasts, usually when they were playing my beloved Cubbies and I couldn't get the station out of Chicago. And I've been aware of Mike Shannon on the air for, gosh, forever. He's 82 years old. He's the St. Louis Cardinals play by play guy. Still
2: the announcer at 82.
3: Yeah, I know, and uh, he had to read a promo the other night. I wish Positive Sean was here. Sean, I hope you're listening somewhere okay, because he's uh, he's talking about NFTs they were putting out. Michael, now is your chance
4: to come digital. You can bid now on uh, one of a uh, on one-on-one uh, Bush Stadium uh, NFT. What's NFT mean, Mike Claiborne, What's an NFT? No friggin' touchdowns. No, <laughs> no friggin' tonsils here's a strikeout number five nft stands for non fungible token a digital token that's a, a type of a cypro currency many have words in here i've never heard before but unlike a standard coin in the uh buy uh, uh, an nft is a unique and can't be exchanged like Or like, uh, hence, uh, (laughs) non-fungible online thing you can't sell. Well, I don't use it online, so that's why I don't know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You can't give NFT copy to an (laughs) 82-year-old and have an ad lib around it. You can't do that. Wow. He's still sharper than the present, though. That, that come up with the no freaking touchdowns. Biden couldn't come up with stuff like that off the top of his head.
3: Wow. That's chilling. Yeah. You're right. Mike Shannon, St. Louis (laughs) Cardinals. You (laughs) know, we're going to lighten, (laughs) going to lighten up a little bit this segment. Uh, and then, you know, back into the news of the day, of course. But speaking of, uh, people on the air. So I see this story out of the Hollywood reporter that, uh, uh, James Corden is taking it hard online after his recent stunt. I'm like, okay, some people on Twitter said something bitchy. That's what Twitter is. But it got more and more interesting. So evidently what triggered this was he has these stunts like the, the what do you call it, the carpool karaoke. Mm-hmm. And then he does something called Crosswalk Theater, Crosswalk the Musical. Okay. Where he I don't does know that like one. A flash mob of people in a Broadway show or whatever, and they, they, they jump into a crosswalk and they start performing the show and holding up traffic and people video and honk and whatever. He's so an
2: amazingly son. talented
3: dude. Yes, he is, Jack, but. Anyway, so we're going to get to the butt. So people were all mad about that. There's too much and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then people started bashing him for, uh, we will not forgive the UK for James Corden, blah, blah, blah. And again, it's just standard issue Twitter snarkiness, right? Mm -hmm. London-born Corden seems to be experiencing a similar backlash he faced in the UK before he left for the US in 2012. First to star on Broadway, they mentioned a couple of credits, eventually securing the late show gig as Craig Ferguson's replacement, then they mentioned uh, several other credits. Well, at the end of the 2000s, C- I didn't Corden was realize- everywhere.
2: I didn't realize he replaced Craig Ferguson. That's so entertainment executive thinking. We've got a guy with an accent. He's leaving. We've got to replace him with another guy with an accent.
3: Absolutely. (laughs) Otherwise, it would be too shocking. (laughs) But, but so they mentioned that at the end of the 2000s, Corden was everywhere on British TV. Co-wrote, co-starred in a phenomenally successful BBC comedy, starred in hit shows like Doctor Who, hosted several comedy panel shows, was the go-to host of award shows, including the Brit Awards, and was a regular star in ads from everything from cell phones to supermarkets. Um, and, and so he was so omnipresent, people just got sick of him. He it became, remember you two, like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you could not flip on the TV without Bono singing at you. And it was like, all right, enough. Stop it. Um, the independent had the headline. Nobody likes a narcissist. How did America fall in love with James Corden? And evidently, it's the whole thing, because he's everywhere all the time. Carpool Karaoke, Crosswalk the Musical, uh outside Social Media Following, Online Show, Hosted the Tonys, the Grammys, Hosted HBO, Max's Friends, The Reunion, Executive, Produced, teas the Three TV Shows, On this, the Big Screen, Ocean's 8, The Trolls, Peter Rabbit, The Film Yesterday, etc.
2: That's right, he's a, he's the voice in Peter Rabbit, which we just watched Peter Rabbit, two the other night.
3: Paid 20 yeah, I mean,
2: bucks for it. 20 bucks! But I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to adopt the new watching movies at home thing and then convince myself it's still way cheaper than going to the
3: theater. So we're watching the movie, right? Corden also produces and co-stars in Amazon's *Cinderella*, which debuts in a couple of days. Plus, he appeared in Rob Marshall's *Into the Woods*. Notably, he had a role in *The Prom*. Tom Hooper's widely panned *Tom Hooper's* widely panned *Cats*, etc., cetera, et cetera. And evidently, in the uh, the crosswalk uh, theater thing, he was dressed as a rat, thrusting his groin at cars. So evidently, James Corden has no "That's enough" filter. Or, or he decides, I'm going to take as much work as I humanly can till everybody's deathly sick of me. Then I'm going to emigrate to another country <laughs> where I will inflict my talents on someone else.
2: That's interesting. I find him very likable, and he's incredibly talented, but you only need so much of any human being. Yeah. Um, yeah.
3: I would agree on all points.
2: Uh, that's funny. I saw an interview. Billy Joel was on uh, Stephen Colbert. And I somehow YouTube fed me this clip, and Billy Joel was on there. And um, Stephen Colbert said, uh, "How can you stop putting out albums? Billy Joel stopped putting out new music in the early '90s, 30 years ago." I could not have told you that. I couldn't have either. But uh, Stephen Colbert asked him how come, and he said, "I just felt like people had heard enough for me. I, thought, I, thought, I just felt like it's time for other people to have a chance." And uh, and Stephen Colbert says, "Elton John says you should put out more new music." <laughs> and Billy Joel said, I think he should put out less. <laughs> 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 Man, but yeah, that's that, but that's someone saying, you know, realizing, cause at that time, Billy Joel was kind of like, it was just uh, like everywhere all the time. And, um, and he felt like, yeah, now people have heard enough from me. I, I've, I've had
3: my, my say. Well, and I think even the greatest songwriters have a limited number of variations on I mean, they might have like seven different ideas and could do six different variations of each of those ideas and styles and the rest of it, but at some point, they've put all of their ideas out like three, four times.
2: Yeah, it, it reminds me when I went to see Elton John in concert, and geez, it's been 15 years ago now, but... Uh, so it was, but he played, you know, he played all the songs you go to see Elton John for, and then he takes a break. He says, now I've got some new songs I want to play. And they were just awful. Just, just oh. awful. Just awful. Oh boy. And it's so not I because they're that. new, because you remember the first time you heard Rocketman, you liked it the first time. And it was new to you too. So, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, he's out, he's out of stuff. I
3: think he should put out less. There's a roller coaster at, uh, this, uh, Japanese amusement park. That goes from zero to 112 in 1.56 seconds. Woo. And it's not one of those click, 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 up, 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 up and over the top. No, at the beginning of the ride, you're sitting there strapped in. It takes off like a rocket sled and goes from zero to 112 in a second and a half. That's crazy so- fast. Well, they've had to shut it down temporarily because the the local paper reports injuries, including fractures to the necks, chest, backs, cervical fracture, thoracic spine fracture. And these are people in their 30s, 40s, 50s. The thing accelerates so fast
2: it breaks your bones. Yeah, I was going to say I would want to have my head resting against something because that's what I'd worry about with my neck.
3: Well, the park said in a statement, the causal relationship between injuries and amusement machines has not yet been confirmed. So, (laughs) I get off this thing with a broken neck. And what now? (laughs) Let's not jump to conclusions. Maybe you had a broken neck uh, when you showed up at the park today and just didn't know it. (laughs) I don't know. I've broken two thoracic vertebrae on your ride. We don't know if it was on the ride. Maybe the giant salted pretzel you ate caused it. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you bumped into something and, uh, (laughs) I don't know, broke your back before you got on the ride that accelerates you like one of those G Force experiments in the 40s. I don't know. I don't know. I think that
2: sounds like Elon Musk's Hyperloop, doesn't it? That's what that's going to be.
3: I think uh, Elon is going to go ahead and accelerate a bit more gently than that. (laughs) I hope he's planning on that, as I like my neck in the shape it is. Armstrong and Getty.
2: Armstrong, he's Joe Getty, or the Armstrong and Getty
3: Show. Are you tired of gulping down the lying filth of the mainstream media? Yeah, we are too. We try to tell you the truth every single day. Gulping down lying filth.
2: Wow. Nobody wants to sound dumb. Our goal is to help you not sound dumb. We'll inform you, and it'll be fun at the same time. You don't have to choose between entertainment and information. Combine them both with the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty on demand. Four episodes available every day via the iHeartRadio
3: app or wherever you download your podcasts.
2: Speaking of making your life better, Uh, I said earlier on the show, uh, I'd like to have a mild heart attack because I think maybe that would motivate me to work out. (laughs) It's a hell of a thing to say. (laughs) I don't have a big heart attack. First of all, it sounds painful and you never know. You know, you get too close to uh, being on your DB, your deathbed. I don't want that. Um, we did get this text. Do you know how utterly ridiculous you sound saying you need a heart attack to exercise? Hey, Lardass, why don't you just try going for a walk around the block? Stop, stop stuffing your face with every cheeseburger and donut you see. Seriously, why don't you try a salad with some light dressing? <laughs> so, um, But we got as many texts on this as anything we ever talk about. And then after I got to thinking about it, I thought, well, maybe that's because every single human being listening deals with this very thing every single day of their life. Maybe that's the reason we got lots of texts about it. By far, the number one response of what got them to finally start working out was a photo. That's the most common.
3: Mm, Um, The unfortunate angle, the candid photo.
2: (laughs) Let me read through some of these, though. Uh, A couple of things got me to quit drinking and get to the gym. Watching my stepfather pass from doing much of one and none of the other. Belt reaching the last notch and a side view of myself in the mirror. Oh, the old side view in the mirror. Uh, Dear Armstrong and Getty, instead of a small heart attack to get in shape, maybe you should just imagine a little girl physically dominating you.
3: <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, Sam ow, from the ow, Bay Area. Stop hitting me. Ow. Sam from the you're Bay Area take wrote, you you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little sundress going. Spin right. She beats me up and right takes... in the right in the junk. Oh!
2: Takes my Starbucks money away from me and says, I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, understand the needing a life-altering injury illness to wake up and exercise. I've been trying for 15 years to lose weight. Start of the year, I dislocated my knee, tore my ACL, PCL, LCL. I don't even know what all those things are. Three muscles and lots of damage. I've managed to lose 45 pounds since my injury. Um, so it's basically, wow. they, they, they didn't have a mild heart attack, but they had another physical, you know, your body saying, all right.
3: You know, kind of warned you for a long time. We're giving out on you. You going to do something about this or not? Well, you know what? I happen to know what all those tendons are, and and I can picture the injury that would cause them. So, Jack, we're going to need you to put your upper leg in a vice. (laughs) All right? This is This is going to hurt, but it'll just last Uh... a second or two. I lost 30 pounds fairly
2: recently. I always used to be the smallest friend in my group. I think this is obviously a woman. I used to be the smallest friend in my group, and then I saw a picture of us girls together, and I was the largest girl in the group, and it motivated me to make a change. So another seeing a picture of yourself. I knew I was overweight, but I saw a photo of myself three months ago and wondered who the obese man was in the corner and realized it was me. Erg. Been back at the gym ever since. Uh,
3: down 30 pounds. Wow, this email just came in. This is beautiful. This is the worst advice I've ever heard. Uh, buy only pants and shirts that are slightly too tight. Get by rid of way. any that are loose. Never buy any that are larger. I've held steady for over 30 years by adjusting my eating. Exercise just happens. What
2: does that mean? I don't know what that means. Jack, giving everything going on in your life right now, maybe you need a life coach, not an exercise program. How do you not fire your life coach the first time they tell you to do stuff you don't want to do? (laughs) I think you're too strict. Why don't you get out of here? Or after a month, I still suck. You're fired. Um, I had back surgery and physical therapy because, uh, my body gave out on me. So a lot of people, so either seeing a picture of yourself or having your body give out on you. Here's a health tip for Jack. Uh, way too young, hot girlfriend. Use your minor celebrity status to get started. Tell your agent you want to do TV spots, and if you're and if all else fails, start hanging out with uh, fatter and older friends. <laughs> 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 Hang out with fatter older people. Feel better about yourself. What motivated me to start exercising almost every single day is my children. We got a couple of those. I have kids. I got young kids, and I'm you know on the older end of being a dad. I should use that as a motivation. Here's another one their body gave out on them, so they finally lost weight. Uh, moved into a new house with a mirror on two walls with a 90-degree angle. I didn't know I looked like that. Yeah. It's funny how actually seeing what we look like changes so many people's opinions. So we do the front view and probably suck it in a little bit and think, ah, I'm all right. Yeah, I could use a few pounds, obviously, but uh, I'm okay.
3: Well, and for dudes... You know, most of us carry our weight on the front. So a front view isn't going to show that, but a side view will. You know, for gals, maybe it's a side view, but you know, the front view getting a little hippie or, you know, your, uh, your, uh, derriere is starting to expand to the east and west. You might notice it from the front, but dudes, yeah, that front view is too easy. I lost my belly and got my college abs back.
2: My college abs weren't much better than my current abs. Um, uh, sex from my wife increased 10,000%. Fact. <laughs> jack i'm kind of in your i'm in your boat i need a mild to moderate aneurysm <laughs> Jeez we
3: well, need good. a
2: wake-up call you need a wake-up call as a former personal trainer of five years i can tell you without a doubt you will get your ass to the gym by hiring a hot ass personal trainer it worked for me then i quit a job and became a personal trainer God, the idea of having a hot personal trainer that I, like, kind of fool myself into believing she'd be into me if I got in better shape or something, eh, that just
3: sounds bad on a whole bunch of different levels. She's super friendly and encouraging and tells me I'm doing great. I think she may be a little hot for me because I'm in good shape now. I can see how that would
2: work because I've known a few personal trainers, and they're cute and bubbly and smiley and kind of flirty. And, yeah, that's that's not what I need. Um and then the finally this one which I thought was good. How about the concept of avoiding lifelong celibacy? Yeah, that's why I think I'm I'm headed toward if I don't do something. Um how about avoiding that by starting to work out? Imagine meeting a new woman your age who's super smart and funny but also hot and fit. And think of the first time you have to take your shirt off with her when you need motivation to exercise. The future you will thank you today if you've tightened things up a bit. So try to picture somebody and how embarrassing it would be to have to take your shirt off. Is that? Maybe that's the motivation. Yikes. That, that's
3: harsh. That's tough love right there. That's the sort of tough love Dr. Phil would give you if you're on I, his show.
2: I think I'd rather have the mild aneurysm or the heart attack. Oh, jeez. You can't stop, stop saying that, that Knockwood. Do you feel like you've got the ability to affect heart attacks by mocking the, the idea? This My is grandpa died of a heart attack. I don't take it lightly, but.
3: You well, just it isn't is, say it, that sort of stuff. Uh, the universe it doesn't like it.
4: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.
1: Baseball fans.
3: from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty And now he is Armstrong and Getty
2: Joe Manchin he's the Democratic senator that really keeps boy he's the only thing that keeps Bernie Sanders entire agenda from getting passed through the Senate and uh a, f- a suffering under it. Joe Manchin, Democrat from Virginia, because he's in a very red state, but he's a Democrat and he um
3: and he thinks a little differently. But he said this You know, let me let me throw this in real quick. I'd I'd also salert uh, <laughs> Kirsten Sinema of Arizona for being a very sure, independent I- Democrat. She deserves some credit.
2: Yeah, I yeah, credit. So I, I always wonder about that. So do they get credit for being independent thinkers or are they just doing what a lot of politicians do if they want to keep their job they have to do this. Joe Manchin, he gets if he was a Bernie Sanders democrat he he wouldn't be a senator anymore. So I I never can tell if politicians are doing anything brave or smart or visionary or if they're just plain looking at the polls and doing what you know keeps them in their their seat. Yeah, it's a fair question. It's hard, hard to, to say. Tell. But anyway, Joe Manchin said this about the whole climate change, global warming, you know, electric cars, everything on uh, one of the talk shows this weekend.
3: My concern is basically being realistic and being practical about what's going on in the world. Within the next 10 years, 90 percent of pollution is going to come from one continent, Asia. And China's going to have thirty five hundred coal fired plants in America. They make you believe we only have five hundred and four. There's 6,600 operating. They're building another 1,063. None in America, and they're telling, make you think that well, if you get rid of all the coal-fired plants, it cl- 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 basically solves the pollution. It doesn't. Well, it's, it's a big signal to the rest of the world, and the it's, rest of the world's not going in that direction. We're the only country. If we get out of the fossil business, there will not be any uh, R&D research development. We have 12 billion dollars for carbon capture sequestration. If you don't do that, you're not going to save the climate. So
2: those are the two camps on this whole thing with global warming. And I'm sure is hell glad Joe Manchin, who happens to live in a cold state, um, uh, feels the way he does about this. Some of you think, well, we need to be the leaders. We need to lead on this by... Okay, now I'm throwing in pejoratives, destroying our freaking economy, um, uh, by going electric cars and all that sort of stuff. China doesn't give a crap. India doesn't give a crap. And as he just said, it the 90% of it's going to come from other countries. So it's not we, we aren't even going to make a dent in global warming. But some of you believe, well, we need to be the leaders and we'll convince other people it's the right thing to do. I think you're you're completely
3: unicorn riding uh, the the, the five year old on this. And you hinted at it, but to state it explicitly, we've all, we've also returned to dependence on some really malign foreign powers for our energy. Which,
2: yeah. you, that sucks. I, I, I heard a guy on NPR the other day and he was make, he wasn't trying to make a conservative point. Is it conservative and liberal on this stuff? Maybe. But he wasn't,
3: to me, it's realist and and unicorn rider. He wasn't trying to make the
2: Joe Manchin point on this about electric cars, but he was. He was making the argument that most electric cars in the country, California is the only exception. And California, by the way, if you don't know this, can't keep its electricity on if it's windy or if it gets too hot. If it gets too hot, we don't have enough electricity for everybody. We have to buy it from other states. And if they happen to be hot too, we don't have enough. So the, the the one exception about electric cars, you know, is got a giant asterisk next to it. But this guy in NPR was making the point that, look, people feel good about themselves driving electric cars in various places in the country. They are an, they are no better. For the environment than the gas car, and he went through the examples of how the coal needs to be burnt to make the electricity for the electric car to work. Uh, You know, we've jokingly called electric cars coal-powered cars because they are. Only in California is that not true, but California can't even keep its lights on, so you know that's not setting an example that it's doable.
3: If they suddenly were to triple the number of uh, electric cars sold in California, that would enormously tax the grid that would be a serious problem and and you know what I, I don't know just like i say it's about realism uh, you know it's funny in a, a similar vein i just came across this article from the wall street journal listen to this and i'm not a cynic about fossil fuels uh, and and renewable energy i'm a realist no we're gonna have to stop driving
2: gas-powered cars it'll happen um uh but they're going to have to figure out the whole coal powered electric car thing that that's got to be solved probably nuclear i think
3: that's the best way to go the the funniest example of that sort of thing i've ever come across is solar panels it's, it's unintentionally hilarious. It's tragiferious. It's, it's tragic. It's hilarious. And I'll tell you about it in a second after a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe. Uh, Chad and Eleanor Lawrence designed the first Simply Safe system in their kitchen because their friend had gotten their home broken into and they were struggling to find a security system that's simple enough to set up and use and not like incredibly expensive. So they invented Simply Safe, which has now won all sorts of awards for being simple. Yeah. But effective. Oh, and they've got great people too.
2: Yeah. Their sales out there from other companies that are going to try to convince you that you need this really expensive complicated system and the five workmen are going to come to your house and wire up the whole place and everything like that no simply safe has won all kinds of awards as being the best security system out there but it's super simple to set up you just go to simplysafecom slash armstrong you click around and customize it for your home ordered it comes to you you set it up yourself in 30 minutes and then you've got the contact with fire burglary medical emergency help and help setting up the system if you need it.
3: They're always there for you. Visit SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Customize your system. Get a free security camera. 60 day risk free trial. Nothing to lose. Go to SimplySafe.com slash Armstrong. Use that code to get that free camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. All right, so here you have it. It's the unintentionally hilarious situation with solar panels. Solar panel installation surging in the US and Europe. Western countries are seeking to cut their reliance on fossil fuels. Here's the funny part. China is by far the world leader in solar panels. Did you know that the industry of solar panel production is incredibly energy-intensive, and the vast majority of that energy comes from carbon dioxide-belching coal-burning plants in China?
2: China! So it's kind of like the... How much, uh, uh, you know, bad stuff happens, has to happen to make the plastic bags at the grocery store that right. keep you from using the paper bag that would be cutting down trees. There's a hole in the sky once a tree once stood. Somebody's making money.
3: Do we have it? Come on, stand up on your feet. Everybody sing. Everybody. So, Ah, Yeah, it's very similar to that. Concerns are mounting in U.S. and Europe that solar industry's reliance on Chinese coal will create a big increase in emissions in the coming years as manufacturers rapidly scale up production of solar panels to meet demand. That would make the solar industry one of the world's most prolific polluters, analysts say, undermining some of the emissions reductions achieved from widespread adoption. Could be it's a net negative, (laughs) at least for now. So again, yeah, I I agree. You don't want to just come off as a knee-jerk
2: cynic there's no way to improve on 20th century ways of powering things no of course there are but you don't want to be a knee-jerk unicorn riding idiot either and that solar and wind are automatically good or carrying your cloth bag to the store is saving trees when they do, you know, the math on that and figure out, no, the amount of water that needs to be used and the electricity and everything to make the cloth bag is actually worse than the tree. you Cut down because there's a hole in the What's sky.
4: Hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's,
2: Somebody's making, making money. money. On your face. Nice. Um, but, but, there's all kinds of, think these things through. I guess that'd be my only point, our only point. Make sure you think these things completely through so it's actually a benefit before you start denying people the right to have a plastic straw or a, a paper bag at the grocery store or force us into electric cars or whatever.
3: Well, what's especially frustrating is a guy who roots for the United States and, and her people to have jobs, for instance, and to continue to lead the world. It's not coincidental that China leads the world in solar panel production. And, oh, by the way, they do a lot of coal-fired uh, electrical plants. No, their use of low-cost coal-fired electricity has given the country's solar panel manufacturers a competitive advantage, allowing them wow. to dominate global markets. Wow, that's
2: incredible.
3: Yeah. That is incredible. So that We was, can make your panels for you 20% cheaper because we belch filth into the sky. It's a deal.
2: But that's really the point the lefty was making on NPR. And again, he was making my point. He had different solutions was that forcing all these car manufacturers into electric cars to make electric cars that the public doesn't want, by the way. Um, unless you come up with a, a solution to where the electricity comes from, we're not accomplishing
3: anything. Let's see. Scientists say installing Chinese made paddle panels almost always result in a net reduction over time because the panels are usually replacing electricity generated from fossil fuels. Uh, but it's several years before it offsets the emissions. So you could, you could make the argument. It's still a net positive, but it takes years. Oh, by the way, the uh, Biden administration part of that, it's, it's a trillion dollar. It's $550 billion in new spending, but the infrastructure plan, I think they were spending $50 billion on tens of thousands of charging stations across the country, whether they're needed or not. Because, you know, the, the, it's, uh, it's not a chicken and the egg thing. You're not going to get an electric car if there are no charging stations anywhere near you. So they're trying to gin up the uh, popularity of electric cars thereby. Armstrong and Getty.
1: Baseball fans, BetMGM is giving you the chance to win a prize every day during the baseball season. Step into the batter's box for BetMGM's Swing for the Fences free to play game. subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards vary depending on market and expire 24 hours from issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
4: There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now.
0: What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM, let's create. Joe Getty. What a personal privilege! The, Don't get fine. brazen with me. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: I uh, want to play something for you. It's just, it's so good and so eloquent. Um, uh, first of all, let's hear from Ilhan Omar, who is an America-hating radical who hates the Constitution, swore an oath to it, but would burn it the first chance she got in clip 80.
4: As long as our economy and political systems prioritize profit without considering who is profiting, who is being shut out. We will perpetuate this inequality so we cannot stop at criminal justice system. We must begin the work of dismantling the whole system of oppression wherever we find it.
2: Well, you are a full on Marxist or or communist
3: and an enthusiastic totalitarian. Absolutely. The government must be in charge of who gets what uh, and, and why in every aspect of it. Uh, she's crazy. Well, Ayan Hersey Ali, who you may be familiar with, she is a Somali, Dutch, American activist. She talks a lot about women's rights in the Islamic world. Uh, a a brilliant writer. She's fought against forced marriage, honor killing, female genital mutilation, child marriage, the rest of it. Um, and is a great believer in liberty. And uh, recently she did an interview while she's, where she was talking about, um, Ilhan Omar. Uh, and some of uh, the other members of the squad and their attitudes. And I think what's important about this especially is this is a, a, a black woman, an African woman, a a woman, an immigrant. And she puts a lie, a big giant L.I.E. to the notion that those people of color who lecture us from left wing media speak for everybody. They don't, not even close. In fact, they speak for a tiny minority of people who, who happen to be so vicious that they will ruin your career or get you run out of your school or, or whatever. Um, so they are outsized in their influence because they're vicious, but they do not speak for all black people, for all people of color in America. Not even close. Anyway, Ayan Hersey Ali is responding to the squad and, and statements like we just heard from Ilhan Omar. We'll start with 81 and roll on.
4: I listened to someone like Ilhan Omar, and she's in Congress, the United States Congress, and she's saying, well, why don't we dismantle the whole thing, the economic system, the political system, and it makes you wonder, why, why flee from Mogadishu, why flee from anarchy, why flee from oppression, and then come to the United States and then do all your best to turn Minnesota and the U.S into Mogadishu. It's one of the things that I'd like to ask her. Well,
3: that's pretty good. Yeah, she gets to say that because she is a black woman and she has more to say, clip 82.
4: I don't think we need a revolution. And I think these movements, and Ilhan is just one of these people who are symbolizing that and what the faces of that. I think we need to resist and to say, look, you've come to America in search of freedom. You've come to America in search of equality. We find it here. Our system is not perfect. We can fix it and we do it through conversations. Um, And what we are seeing these days is uh, a very loud, in my view, minority who are saying, let us not seek solutions through the system we have, but let's dismantle it. And I am passionately against it.
3: Ah, uh, why not hear more from the eloquent Ion Hersey Ali, Clip 83.
4: Again, we have to find solutions, and I think we can. Remember, the United States of America is only 244 years old. It is the one nation that has abolished slavery. It is the one nation that has um, stood up for civil rights and has passed laws and has inv- allocated huge resources to achieving, or at least aspiring to achieve, full equality. I do not believe in guaranteeing equality of outcomes. I believe in equality of opportunity. And it's the only nation today in the world and has been for a long time where you can seek equal opportunity and where that is encouraged. It's urged. I know so many philanthropists right now who want to invest in that.
3: Well, and finally, what do you do if you're Intimidated, you're bullied by the extremist left, and you're not sure what to do. She has a suggestion.
4: I think we should reject and stand up to crazy people who are saying that our system, the United States of American, you know, our America, is made up of systemic racism. If there's one phrase that really makes me go mad, in like very angry, it's that word used against. America. The American constitution, the American system, in fact, gives us all an argument to strive and to aspire to make things better. So the Ilhan Omars of this world, the Ocasio-Cortezes of this world, I think they need to take time out and travel in the real world, other countries where you don't have that, where there are really bad systems.
3: You know, it occurs to me listening to her, what we have is a systemic resistance to racism. That's what we have in our system. It, It has stood up firmly better and better and better against the fairly natural human impulse to prefer people like you which is, you know, like I say, it's universal. It's not necessarily great, and we need to resist it and make sure nobody's rights are ever violated. But uh, our entire system is, is fighting against that impulse. We need to strengthen it. We need to adjust it. We need to work within it. But the idea that we need to tear it down and build a Marxist utopia like Ilhan Omar wants... No, thank you, sister. We got a pretty good country over here. Thanks for coming from Somalia and lecturing us on how to run a country, but, uh, no thanks.
2: Now, I get how, uh, people who grow up in the United States always with enough food for almost everybody. Um, never having to worry about, uh, you know, uh, the secret police coming into your home or being at war or any of these things. Um, have an opportunity. I understand how, if you grow up in this country, you focus on the imperfections until you're old enough to to understand. I have no idea how you get here from another country, especially a sucky one, an asshole one. How you get here and 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 want to attack our imperfections? That
3: that that's a weird twisting of the mind. There, it's it's a relative rarity too. Yeah, it's pretty rare. Yeah, I just think she's a, a Marxist. I just think she's a, a political kook.
2: The second one, I I told the story at the time when I was at the jewelry store. Must have been a year ago. I was buying something at the jewelry store, and the guy was from someplace in the Middle East. And I don't remember where the guy runs. The jewelry store owns a place, and his kids work there. And he said, yeah, in this country, you get pulled over by the police, you're not worried they're going to drag you out of the car and beat you in the street just for the heck of it. He said, I don't worry about that. He said, in my country, it happened all the time.
3: Wow. Wow. Oh, that reminds me, MSB. Uh, Mohammed bin Salman over in Saudi Arabia—he's he, really cracking down on the clerics and the power of like fundamentalist Islam in general. He's even making them turn down the volume of like the call to prayer and the uh, broadcasting of the prayers out of the the speakers on mm-hmm. the mosques. He's making them turn down the volume by—is it like two thirds or something like that? Uh that's an interesting move. The uh the angry wackadoos in the streets of uh, your sand countries who are so mad at the US there for a little while. Uh I wonder I wonder if they're gonna turn against the uh, Saudi regime again. Uh I don't know. Good question. That was uh old uh, Osama bin Laden's original motivation, right? Dislike of the Saudi regime? Yep, absolutely.